Hello, and welcome to the Situation Awareness and Your Safety Podcast. My name is Brian Searcy. I'm the founder and president of the Paradis Group, and I'm also your host today. And I can't tell you how excited I am to have Mike Leif. Mike is a former Navy SEAL, and he is the founder and CEO of Zero Eyes. Mike, welcome to the podcast today. Awesome. Thank you uh, for having me on, Brian. I really appreciate it. You bet. So, Mike, tell the listeners a little bit about your background, You know how you became a Navy SEAL, a little bit about your time in the Navy, and then, then how it turned out that you, you founded Zero Eyes. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I'm a Philly boy, born and raised Eagles fan. I was in college, uh, one of the first in my family to go to college. My, I grew up in a blue-collar family. While I was in college, 9-11 happened. So shortly thereafter, I dropped out of college against my parents' best wishes and enlisted in the Navy to become a SEAL. It, it took some, I didn't get the SEAL training right from boot camp, administrative reasons, and then went to my first duty station, applied for SEAL training, got over to SEAL training, went to Coronado. I actually quit my first time in Hell Week and that's a whole nother story that we could dive down that rabbit hole one day, but a lot of lessons learned. Went back to the fleet for a year. I went to Japan uh, where I finished my, I ended up finishing my undergrad while I was on active duty. Went back to SEAL training just like a year after that first class. Uh, went back, was a class leader, really you know crushed at that time, hyper-focused, then went out to SEAL Team 4, and I was there until 2013. So I went in in uh, the beginning of 2003. I left active duty in 2013, spent a little over six years in the SEAL teams. The rest was in the regular Navy fleet. Uh, upon uh, when it came time to that career, I was at that 10 year, 10 and a half year mark. And I was like, uh, am I going to reenlist? At the time I was married, four kids. I wanted to focus on my family. So I left active duty. I was fortunate enough to get into Wharton Business School to get my MBA full time. And I mean, when I first left active duty, I was at Wharton. I, I dabbled in tech startups at first. I played, went over to private equity. Then I went to big corporate and then ultimately came back to startups. And we started ZeroWise like a, any good old-fashioned startup. It started in my basement in 2018, shortly after the Parkland shooting. Well, and that's very interesting. That's when I actually transitioned into the safety and security was after Parkland. And that's actually where I kind of headed up to your neck of the woods up in Connecticut, where I got together with 14 other former law enforcement military to try and figure out, okay, this has been going on since Columbine in 1999. How do we actually solve the problem instead of, you know, continually talk about the symptoms? And that's actually where I had the opportunity to meet Eli Crane. Do you know Eli? I did not work with Eli and the teams. I've met him at different SEAL events through like SEAL Future Fund and, and a couple other ones, Elite Meet. Phenomenal guy. Uh, and he's doing awesome things post-career SEAL teams. Just some other things we have in common, elite meeting, those other things. And I'll I'll have a podcast down the road that talks about that. But so you had a number of things that you did after you got out and then eventually you settled on Zero Eyes. So tell us, what is Zero Eyes? Yeah. So Zero Eyes, we use artificial intelligence over existing security cameras to detect weapons. And once a weapon is detected, we send that alert to the local security team, staff, and the local 911. So now people have an image of the shooter, what type of weapon they have, geolocates them to that camera location. So then people can either address the threat, hopefully before shots are even fired. They can start marshalling people to safety and really get that information out that's critical for first responders to do their job in a timely fashion. So talk a little bit more about the message that goes out to 911 to those first responders, because that's critical when we go in and we 
teach schools and businesses. It's it's all about making sure that the people that are going to be responding during that response window have the information that they need. We also train them on what to do. But before I get into that piece, what kind of information do those first responders get? Yeah. So when we were developing CROIs at our we developed it in a basement first, got an MVP, did demos so we could get to a beta site. When we got to a beta site in New Jersey, it was a high school. Worked on it for almost a full year before we really showcased it. But during that time, we, we've spent a lot of time with the local police and the 911 center. So we could be like, how can you best use this information that we're going to send you? Because it's different as a special operator the type of information we're going to get on a mission versus like what uh, that patrol officer is going to get being the first one on scene. And everyone kept saying, develop the app and send, the, send it to the cop's phone on an app. Right away, a cop's like, I'm never going to be looking at my phone when I'm doing this. He's like, I'm gonna, my gun's going to be drawn. He's like, I'm going off my radio comms, off, off my cop mic. And we were like, oh, duh. Like, why? no kidding. And so we spent a lot. We're like, well, who's talking to you? And then we, we started talking to those operators and watching them. And we're like, how can you best receive the information? It's sad to say there's a lot of the software that's running in PSAPs across the United States is pretty outdated, but it's getting much better. And there's companies out there like Rapid SOS or Entrado, et cetera, that are really changing that landscape. So we're like, we need to get the information to them because that's the software that that 911 operator is going to be working off. And it starts off as just like text to get that first alert out. But then once they see that it's like, hey, it's a shooting, those images will pull up so they can say, a 510 white male walking on the northeast corner of the main building with uh appears to be an assault rifle no shots fired yet or whatever and that that's what's critical so we went through multiple multiple drills to really start getting that down and the the police absolutely love it when they work with it through their drills well and that's exciting because one of the things that the products group has seen when we have worked with schools and businesses is that there is a lack of communication between the school district or the business and those first responders. So those first responders have never actually even been in their building or in their school. So it, it sounds like what this also does is establishes that relationship, that key relationship so that the emergency responders not only are going to be getting this information, but because they're tied into this whole process and this learning process, that now they know if they're going to this business or this school that has your technology, they're even much more aware of what they're rolling in on. Is that an accurate statement? Yeah, I agree. That's cool. So now you said it, it goes to the emergency responders, but it's also going to the teachers or the employees in a business. How does that work? Uh, so it depends on the client. Because the, the one thing that we didn't want to do is like everyone, like say it was a school. You don't want every person on that campus downloading the app and getting alert because it would just create more chaos than than is necessary to respond. So we leave it up to the school security staff. Typically they have an SRO, superintendent, principal, or whoever really coordinates emergency action plans. Say, who do you want to receive this alert? So you're not creating more chaos. Then on the commercial side, when we're working with like different groups, it depends if it's like a Fortune 1000 company, they'll typically have their own SOC or, or security operations center, or they have uh, people you know, security staff through a company like Allied Universal, et cetera. And they're like, hey, we want them to have the app. We want those alerts coming to the SOC. And so that's how we coordinated on that. So they usually give us a list and, and we run through a bunch of practice drills when we install and works out really well. And it's a great way to get feedback from the customer so we could just keep getting better. No, and I'm really excited about that because uh, one of the things that we do at the Paradis Group is we 
right off the bat, when we're teaching situation awareness, we tell them we're never going to tell you what to do, number one. And then number two, your program is not going to be the same as anybody else's because you have a different culture. You have a different narrative. You have different threats that you have to deal with. So we need to you know, apply it to your environment. And even within that environment, you could have 10 locations across the United States and those 10 locations might be different, right? So you're not just working with that company on that one location. You're specializing it across their entire platform. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, so when we do, for example, when we do the active shooter drills with folks and they bring in the local police and they do all this and they know most of our team comes from backgrounds from like special operations community and and a broader military community. So they're looking at us like, Hey, are we clearing these corners? Right. Or we, I'm like, we're like, Hey, we're not, we're not, we're not here to tell you how to do your tactics. We're telling you how to receive the information and how it could make your lives easier. So we're, we don't try not to get caught up in that the security consulting part of it. But yeah, everyone does it differently. That's where I'm going with that. So some police do it different. Police down in Tennessee are doing it differently than police in New Jersey or companies that are down in Atlanta are doing it differently than companies that are up in Chicago. And that's what we've seen. So we just try to keep an open mind with that when we go in. No, that's exciting. So as I've talked about with the Protest Group, we talk about that situation awareness training and how it needs to be part of that holistic approach. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, Zero Eyes as a key component to being able to prevent things from happening, but it's got to be part of overall training. It's got to be part of other technology. It's got to be part of, again, that situation awareness. What are your thoughts on how to solve this, these safety problems and specifically the active shooter, how, how we need to look at it from that holistic approach? Yeah. So people are looking for like the, no pun intended, but the silver bullet for this. And, And unfortunately there isn't one. I mean, you could go all the way on the one spectrum to like the how social media is taking over our culture and how fast information moves and like cyberbullying and how that ties into kids wanting to go shoot up a school to all the way on the other end, like really restricted access, all the students walking through a metal detector in the morning, et cetera, and everything in between from panic buttons to facial recognition to weapon detection to different apps that like will report like all students' locations. It's good security comes in layers. And going back to like the conversation just a few minutes ago, it's not going to be the same at every location. People and plus people are going to have different budgets. They're going to have different constraints in their building. So you try to find the, the most efficient and effective blend of those layers of security for that client. And that typically takes like consultants to do that. And so if like you partner with good technology companies and good companies that could bring the, bring the access control, bring the maps, bring the, bring the weapon detection, and then how to layer that where it still fits within the budget of that client. That's, that's the best way to go about it. I love that that's the approach of Zero Eyes. Cause again, that's the, that's the approach of the Paradis group as well. Cause there is technology out there that may work at one place and doesn't work at another, or there may be some that, it's actually better to train all of your people to be shot detectors than it is to have potentially have technology because that's not, again, that's not a prevention tool. That is a, okay, something bad just happened. Are my people trained to be able to respond and why weren't they able to prevent it in the first place? So that's why the technologies like yours, uh, situation awareness training with the Paradis group, other types of training when it comes to communication and working with first and emergency responders is potentially the best way to go. Yep. So what's the next step for Zero Eyes with you guys? A lot of it is educating the marketplace of like why weapons detection is one of those, 
I think should be one of those priorities in their, your security layer stack. Because you, we look at it like you really want to, when we first started focusing on the active shooter problem, we're like, first of all, this is crazy. Look what's happened since Columbine to, to today. Increasing year over year, it doesn't have any signs of getting better anytime soon. And without getting into the psychology and the emotions of it or any of the political drama that comes associated with, with guns and everything, there's security cameras everywhere in the United States. There's over 100 million of them across the United States. You could walk into almost any high school today and there's going to be minimum 100 cameras. Upwards to some, some of these schools have hundreds of cameras. But they're not really doing anything until something happens. So it was like, why don't we turn them into a force multiplier that is like, it never goes to sleep. It doesn't get tired. It doesn't check its Facebook app. It's a simple AI that is computer vision model saying, is there a gun or no gun? And it sees that gun, it sends that alert out, ideally before shots are even fired. And people are like, well, what if it's concealed? I'm like, of course it's going to be concealed at some point. Like, but eventually they have to pull that thing out. And what you see in a lot of these active shooter events, that they've already committed mentally. Like that's their last day. Even though some of them make it through, some don't. But they they committed. Like they're they're not thinking clearly, obviously. They're not like a trained tactical operator, SWAT team member, cop, military member. They probably just play too much Call of Duty and watch too many crazy movies. They're going to sit there with that weapon. They play in the parking lot or they'll find somewhere in a stairwell like you saw in Parkland, take their stuff out. They're mentally preparing themselves. It's a perfect opportunity to take that weapon and send that alert out. Because even if it's 10 seconds before shots are fired, that can make a massive difference in stopping bleeding on someone. And it takes a while for people to understand that, that don't come from like a military or police background. And so we're just trying to get people educated. Well, that's so one of the areas that the Prodis group is helping you with that. When we go in and talk to schools and do situation awareness training, we, we do take a look at, at what they do currently have available. And to your point, they all have cameras and we'll ask them. So what good do those cameras do you to provide that time and space right now so that you could potentially prevent something from happening? And every single one of them, because right now they don't have your technology, it's a forensics tool. It's, you know, what, so they can go back and right now they use it for bullying, assault, those types of things from, from a forensic standpoint, but it would be used if there was an active shooter for that same purpose instead of being used as a proactive tool. So I love what you're just talking about there. So currently... Is Zero Eyes just located up in the Northeast, or are you expanding across the United States, or what are your plans? Yeah, so our main headquarters is here in Philadelphia. It started off in my basement, and then we got into <laughs> an acceler- a startup accelerator, so we got some free space. Then we moved into an innovation center just off of uh, University of Penn's campus. We have quite a few University of Penn alumni in our company. We paid for that space, but it was like literally a broom closet, maybe a little bit bigger than a broom. It was about the size of a, your typical living room. And at the time, we only had 10 people in a company, and three of them were remote. So it was very easy. We're up to 34 people in a company now. So we just expanded to a new space in Conshohocken, Pennsylvania, which is just outside of Philadelphia. And that's where our monitoring center is. And then we have, we're opening another monitoring center out up in Hawaii. And then we have a lot of our AI and our AI lab is out in Kansas. And then we just opened up a new demo center down in Alexandria for the D.C. area for the Beltway uh, just last week. Now, at the demo center, who can go visit and, and look at what capabilities it, that Zero Eyes has? 
Yeah, anyone. So they could they could hit up uh, our team at ZeroWise, either info at ZeroWise.com, Kieran Carroll at ZeroWise.com, and they'll get anyone set up and they could come in and check it out in the office space that we have there. And does that have to be done in person or is there a way for that to be done virtually or? Uh, we do virtual demos multiple times a day for sales calls. That's part of the deal. We get on, people say they're interested, we do a demo. Because once they see it, live demo, it just helps so much. They're like, oh, that makes sense. And we do, we'll show them rifles, pistols, indoor, outdoor, off of different cameras. We have a plethora of cameras in our office. And then uh, really try to get them to a, to a pilot because we're ideally just a sale. But a lot of people need to see it on their cameras first and test it out for themselves, which is fine. But we've, we've done that so many times now that uh, we have a lot of good customer referrals at this point, which is, which is we're blessed to have that. And are you going directly to the end user or are you also going to the police departments, the sheriff departments to get them the demos as well and potentially be advocates for what you're doing? We have done a lot of police department demos. They're not typically our buyer. We have, right. but they'll be our advocate for like, if it's the county public schools or the municipal buildings. So we're going to be kicking 2021. We have a couple of things in the pipeline to kick off with uh, different counties, different municipalities that came via the police. They're becoming some super advocates for us, which is great, but they're not our really our buyer. Gotcha. So- what is your goal for 2021 for Zero Eyes? We're looking to keep expanding on the K-12 space. When we first started the company, that was our hyper-focus because, I mean, no one wants to see another school shooting. They're just devastating for everyone in the country, let alone the people that it directly impacts. Uh, so we're going to keep pushing in the K-12, COVID, unfortunately, and, you know, just kind of threw that whole, that whole market into a, a holding pattern to see what happens here. But starting to get some life back into it. And hopefully by the time like March, April passes that things will start seeming like they get back to normal. Really working on a K through 12 space on the commercial side, you know, we've got a lot of traction within property management groups and corporate campuses because we're worried about the disgruntled employee or the disgruntled shopper coming back. Some surprisingly, some big box retail has been working in our favor. And then always going to keep pushing on the, on the federal DOD side because active shooters still hit military bases and they hit places like the Navy Yard. So we found product market fit in all three of those, the commercial education and, and government, but just really keep expanding on all three of them. Because if we get on enough cameras at some point, one day we're going to catch, we're going to catch someone and it's going to make all of this, all this pain that we've gone through with starting a company, absolutely worth it. Well, absolutely. So Sounds like the Paradis Group and Zero Eyes, our main focus right now is education. It's letting people understand why there's the need for situational awareness training or why there's the need for the, your technology so that we can take advantage of what the Secret Service and the FBI have both said that 93 plus percent of all of these threats, not just active shooter, but all the threats that we face can be prevented if we can create that time and space and that holistic approach. So I love what Zero Eyes is doing. I look forward to continuing conversations with you and Zero Eyes and maybe see how we can work together. As we wrap up here today, is there anything that you want to close this podcast with? Yeah, come check out ZeroEyes.com. And if you think it's a good fit for your, your business or school or even like your local municipality, please reach out to us. All the contact forms are on the website there. And I would even go, uh, he didn't bring it up, but I believe churches is another 
awesome place that Zero Eyes can provide that time and space and that extra amount of information to be able to do the prevention piece. Because we've done a number of assessments at, at churches. And again, they have cameras, but they're all for forensics. They're all for after use, nothing to be used for prevention. So Mike, I want to thank you very much for being on the podcast today. I look forward again, like I said, to continuing conversations with you and pray for you and Zero Eyes and your success going into 2021. And as you continue to work to, to solve the problems that are out there. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Brian. Really appreciate it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.